nurturing your child's emotional health. Can you say that to me, you? Without putting the gum in your mouth. No, no, no. Nurture. No. One of my friends was being rude to me, and then me and, me and my friend made up a plan for them, and then we had to split apart. I never excluded anyone. I was never excluded by a group, blah, blah, blah. What do we do when our child is excluded from a team or a, a play date or the most important piece, a birthday party? What do we do as parents to help ourselves deal with this? But what skills can we give our children to manage? Hi, this is Denise Merkel, the Director of Education at Aiden Montessori School. So we want to look first at what social exclusion is. It's really a lack of connectedness, that there's no participation in some sort of a peer group activity. It's also very normal, and that's probably why it's painful for parents, because we want our children to not have these bad things happen to them. So let's say your child is excluded. It is not your job to fix it. All right. It is not where you call the other parent, what, you, what is going on here? You don't call the school, you don't call the teacher. Try not to unpack your very large suitcase of all the times that this happened to you as a child or even as an adult. Your main job is to listen calmly, validate your child's feelings. Ask more questions because there may be more to the story than just she won't let me come to her party. And empathize. Yeah, that, that really, I can see you're upset by that. And you know, we don't like to have those kinds of feelings. But we have to come up with a way to help them cope with this. So what's in their coping kit? Um, when it happens in the moment, do they know how to deep breathe, step back? Do they know how to release stress by clenching their fists in and out or something like that? Um, can we help them by empowering them to take an action? And what would that look like? So a toddler. It's all about me. It's mine. You can't touch it. I might take it out of your hand. There's not a lot of group work and group play. So you just kind of roll with the punches with toddlers. They're probably not going to come to say to you, so-and-so did such and such or won't let me play. They might say they won't let me play. You can easily distract a toddler. When me and my friends were playing a game, practicing cartwheels, one of my friends excluded me and it made me feel sad because because she said that my cartwheels were horrible. Primary children, they are now beginning to notice these sorts of things and also beginning to notice they have the power and they want to try it out. Um, in a Montessori classroom, we give them lots of grace and courtesy lessons on how to say to someone, may I work with you? No, not today. I don't want you to work with me, but maybe later. So that language is given to the youngest children so they can manage it as it goes. We want them to learn how to politely say no to someone and also politely to say yes. The important part at all ages, but primary children are starting to understand how to set some boundaries, but they're still learning how to do that. You know, is this my space? It's my work. When I say I don't want you to work with me, I'm not going down that exclusion path. It's very normal and natural. So once when I was a first year 
Well, um, there, me and uh, other first years were having a lesson about inclined planes, and when we were trying it out, they said that I couldn't do it because I already had a turn, but all the others had more than one turn, and so it made me feel sad. Elementary, a whole new ball game, because elementary children are all about this, what we call the herd instinct. They have to be with their friends. And if they're excluded at the lunch table, if they're excluded on the playground, um, this becomes a much bigger deal to them. And do not take this lightly, but don't try to fix it. We have to give them the skills to manage this. And um, one way to do that is create what I call a high five. Who are the five people I can go to if they won't let me play soccer on the playground? Can I go to a teacher? Can I go to someone else who's on the playground? Can I go to another friend of mine and talk to them? Try to create the high five of who I could go to in case. It's a good little um, tool for them to have in their little coping kit. Know that many times this is just a temporary thing. Today you can't play with me, but tomorrow we're the besties of friends. And you know that if you have siblings, because, you know, one minute they are, they, I wish you weren't alive, and the next minute they're just hugging each other, and as a parent you're pulling your hair out, like, oh, my God. If you find that your child is excluded a lot, you might want to start thinking about, is there something they're doing that is keeping them on the edge of some sort of a group dynamic? Again, not toddlers, not primary children. We're talking more elementary kids. Um, what research shows is that if, for children who try to be funny, sometimes the group doesn't think it's funny and so they just don't want to be bothered. Is your child ignoring some stop signals? All right, if the group is saying, stop doing that, stop doing that. You know, we don't like it, that's gross. And your child continues to think it's funny or they're stuck in the rut of not knowing how to get out of it. That may be a reason they're being excluded. Um, are they a poor sport? Really? You know, nobody wants to have you on, your te on their team if you're going to be a poor sport. Let's think about raising includers. A, you must model as an adult how you meet people, how you greet them, how you include others. Be careful what you say at the dinner table, like, yeah, Uncle Ray, you know, we really don't want him to come to this, you know, birthday celebration because of X, Y, and Z. Encourage loving behavior all the time in your home. Train them for empathy. Start with animals. You see a, an animal that's injured, a, a poor bird with a broken wing. You know, you can start there and talk about how can we help that little birdie or, oh, this is so sad, what could we do? Um, so start there. And then when you see something unjust, speak out about it. We have countless examples of this in television and our radio, uh, in our culture. Speak out about it. Let them know when you see groups excluding other people. Go ahead and tackle that with your child. And finally, here's just a thought of institute some friend goals. So if your child's excluded, say, so this week, let's think about how you can ha make a new friend. Or if your child is the excluder, let's think about a way we can include someone. And talk about these things in your family. Um, a great conversation at, the, at your family meeting is, so who did you include this week? As a child, I have to say I mostly took myself preemptively out of the running for a lot of things, possibly out of fear of being excluded. I don't recommend that strategy just because I think you end up missing out on a lot of stuff. With my son, the rule is 
you don't get to be a jerk to other people. Like the, the cardinal rule in our house is you don't be a jerk. That's a commandment. From my perspective, one of the most important things to recognize is being mindful of not overestimating your child's or another child's ability to be socially confident. What do I mean by that? For example, if you have a five-year-old and they come home and say, Mommy, so-and-so is so mean to me and I don't understand why they do that to me. Your child is perhaps overestimating their friend's ability to be kind and to be empathetic and to be mature because they're also five. And we as adults have to be careful. We are not overestimating our children's ability to do the same thing because they're practicing how to be a good friend. They're practicing how to be an includer. It's like riding a bicycle. You're going to fall. You're going to hurt your knees, but we're going to get back up on that bicycle. We're not going to say we're never having friends. We're saying sometimes we scrape our knees in friendship, and we're learning how to be a good friend. Hello, my name is Jessica Correll. I'm a school counselor at Aiden Montessori School. A great way to help create a more perspective building and awareness building around someone who's being, quote, mean is to tell me more about Sally. So she was mean to you at lunch. Are there times when Sally's nice to you? Oh, yeah, well, in the morning we did the pink tower together. Oh, okay, so she acted in a way that was mean during during lunch. That doesn't feel good. What can we do about that? Or what can you do about that? So we first recognize how did that make you feel using feeling words that I felt hurt. Oh, I would feel hurt too. So we normalize it, we validate it. What can you do? Maybe tell her how I feel. Well, that's a great idea. I once excluded one of my friends' youngest brothers from a game because he because he was actually too little, but it didn't really feel right. One time, me and another one of my friends were playing another game, and I wanted to play by myself, but she keep she kept begging me to play, so I excluded her, and it felt wrong. So, how do parents deal with? Perhaps a child, your child is the excluder. Where do we start? How do we even begin to figure out what to do? A great place to start is within your own family. How does this play out with your, if you have siblings, if your oldest child is perhaps the, um, the, the a braggart type that feels really good and confident about their, their mastery over something and the younger child does not like it? What happens? How does the younger child react? And you can talk about that with your older child saying, um, gosh, I noticed when you finished the puzzle really quickly, what did you? What happened when you, fin- you got the last puzzle piece in? What, what did you do? Well, I jumped up and shouted, I'm the best puzzle fitter ever. Oh, and then what happened? Well, then my little sister didn't like that and got upset. Oh, how did you know that? So it's really important to see how did you know she had that feeling? What did her face say? What did her body say? To see if they themselves can draw the dots between what their action was and how the other person experienced it. So let's become social detectives to figure out, I wonder what's going on that, that is contributing to, to, the, to this consistent dynamic, because now it's a pattern. This is not just happening once here, once there. When something becomes a pattern consistently, then that says to us, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. Because we don't want to say, well, you're just a braggart to knock that off, and if you stop doing that, people would want to be your friend. Well, that's not palatable to hear, and that's also not even kind. So if we can help walk them through all the variables that they can see for themselves, how their actions have 
have consequences? Or can they identify, gosh, when I do that behavior, this is the reaction I got from my friends? I am sure we have all heard in our lives someone in authority say to us, buck up, deal with it, it's life, these things happen. And if we have, we've probably felt like, well, that wasn't very helpful. Now what do I do? Bucking up, I don't know what that means. And you're not hearing me. So we want to be real careful that we are not just telling kids, get over it. Uh, actually, I think that's because we're feeling uncomfortable about it and we don't know what to do about it. So that's a whole other podcast in the future. Um, one of the things we want to keep in mind is that these things are going to happen to children, but we want to help them manage them on both sides of this. Um, um, Alfie Cohn, uh, who writes a lot about rewards and family connections and things like that, once told a story about preparing children for bad things. All right, so let's pretend you know that there's going to, in two months there's going to be a famine. So do we stop eating now to prepare ourselves to be in a famine? Or do we eat a lot now to build ourselves up? So that's what we need to do for children. We know life is going to send them some hard knocks. We don't just say, eh, get over it. We, we give them the skills to cope with that. I want to take this opportunity to thank Catherine for conceiving the idea of these podcasts, pushing Jessica and me to think <laughs> deeply, revise our thoughts, uh, speak more clearly, and for making us sound like we're a lot smarter than we think we are. Um, her, her ability to, to ask us the proper questions, to keep us on track, um, to bring in the children and the families has just made this work delightful and I hope productive for everyone who listens. Catherine has been the magic behind the podcast. This is, has been her idea from the beginning, and she's really turned this to something so precious and beautiful that Denise and I are very grateful and proud of. And we, we this truly and literally could not have happened without Catherine. Bon voyage. <laughs> I just want to add to parents, if you have problems, go talk to the teachers. Go talk to Denise. Go talk to Jessica. They are experts. They have gems to teach you. Little tricks you can use in your house. Merci. Merci. <laughs>